Welcome in to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Basketball Edition Podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with my co-host, Mark Gunnels. Mark, how you doing today? Could be doing a lot better if I won this bet, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm that is true. Good. As 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 well as you hit your lemon pepper parlays, you are, are 0-2 to me personally. <laughs> and while the first one, I'm going to go ahead and let that one slide because the second one, the cap of consequences, is not truly a fair, uh, a fair consequence for just a straight-up bet like this. But since you already are down 0-2, Similar to how the Brooklyn Nets were down 0-2 to the Boston Celtics before getting swept last night. You're going to have to pull from the cap of consequences, and we'll do that Thursday. And just in a second, I'll explain to you what the cap of consequences is. But first, I have to start this podcast with a quote from esteemed philosopher and convicted felon Gucci man. If a man does not have sauce, then he is lost. But the same man can get lost in the sauce. And I think that man that he's talking about today is Kyrie Irving. <laughs> man, wh- why do you say that? Because after we watched the much better than Boston Celtics dismantle the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> in a four-game series, which was obviously, I mean, I'll say, I should say obviously, but was closer than that, right? It was actually closer than the four games that it felt like. But game one was the closest game. And the four of them, as it got down to the fourth quarter, even though that game went down to what was I think it was a four point margin at the end of it, a three point margin. Yeah. Uh, it, it it didn't really feel like it felt to me at least that Brooklyn was climbing uphill. They were just delaying their eventual slaughter. Um, Kevin Durant came out. I was expecting him. I told I said on yesterday's extra points. I expected him to shoot thirty times. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I expected him to shoot the ball thirty times. He came out and was the aggressive Kevin Durant that you expected him to be. He wasn't making as many, but... Too little, too late. And you know what? It was too little, too late. And everybody in the world is killing Kevin Durant right now. And I get it. The Monstar stole his power. But Kyrie Irving... He's it, in a great pass right now. I mean... Pass. I need his agent and represent. I need his PR team. How did he get this? What is going on? This guy's up at the at the post game press conference, talking about how uh, you know me and, and and Sean and Joe, the owner and the GM, are going to co manage the franchise along with Kevin Durant. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out what in the hell is going on here. You're a guy. You took like 17 shots. Like what's going? Like you had 40 in game one, and then we're a disappearing act. For the next four games, three games. Yeah, and it's crazy because after game one, I even said this, but I didn't think he was going to play this bad after game one. But I said, there's no way he's going to play that way again in this series. He shot 60% from the field that game, 60% from three. Like he was unconscious. Everybody's talking about, uh-oh, this is Ramadan Kyrie. He's better than untucked Kyrie. <laughs> uh, you know, all the different Kyries out there, right? And Ramadan Kyrie, he's a different. He's in a different mind state, you know. So I'm like, okay. And, you know, let's see how he goes after after game one. Game two comes. Eh. Game three. Eh. Game four. Eh. Yeah, well, he went back to part-time Kyrie because he didn't play. And (laughs) he barely played, it felt like, even though he was out there for 40 minutes a game. But, I mean, I was not – I didn't. I wasn't. I haven't been high on the Nets since the All Star break. 
The All-Star break is pretty much when I check in with the NBA and double-check and see, all right, where is everybody? How Like, where are we from our preseason expectations? And it's why from that day I was like, oh, the Lakers are not the team that they thought they were supposed to be, and the Brooklyn Nets aren't either. Like, for different reasons, like, but the Lakers with their injuries and the Nets with, you know, so all was, of it. That was even you know. before they traded James Harden. Well, it was right. just a Kyrie thing, but it was yeah. I, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Right, I thought they'd make the playoffs, you know, but I was just like, this team's trending in the wrong direction, right? And so I was kind of down on them. I see the two seed, and now I, go, I see that Boston matchup, and you look at Boston, you know, Marcus Smart's the shortest guy they got on the floor, and you know, still like six three, six four, exactly. <laughs> but all that being said, if Nick Claxton makes, I don't know, ten of twenty free throws. The Nets are still playing basketball. Yeah, we're not gonna put this on the Claxton though. We're not doing that. We're not. We're not giving Kevin Durant a pass. We're not giving Kyrie Irving a pass. What I'm saying is, I feel like to me, because the whole question now is, what happened to the Nets? I feel like this is more of a problem of roster construction and enablement more than anything. What about Steve Nash? Well. Again, Steve Nash is part of the enablement. Like, call oh, okay. a timeout. You're, put, you're putting him in, in that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, I think the people that Kyrie and KD probably shouldn't be talking to are the people that are managing the team. Because Goran Dragic, Steph Curry, they're all the same player. Like, Patty Mills, they're all they're not all the same guy, but they're all providing the same pretty much output. Like, none of these guys. And Bruce Brown is playing three inches taller than he is. Yeah. Right? So... I'm just wondering how is this team supposed to win a championship, even with James Harden, if it was constructed in this way? Yeah, and the troubling thing for me after the game was the fact, I mean, I guess you have to do this publicly, but I mean, I I think he's sincere when he says this, that Durant was basically defending Steve Nash, talking about the card that he was dealt, it's a bad hand, and, you know, obviously he advocated for Steve Nash to be the head coach because he used to come to Golden State and help him out in practice and stuff like that. And then, but then you got Kyrie before the year talking about we don't need a head coach. And it looks like he's going to be their head coach next year. Well, that is a major issue. I'll say this. And, and that's, and before you say this, people want to bash on Steve Nash, which is fair because Steve Nash is a terrible coach. He doesn't make no adjustments. I get all of that. But if your best player, Kevin Durant, wants him there, that's his fault. People criticize LeBron for saying, oh, you made this roster. You wanted this coach, so you made the bed laying it. So same applies to Kevin Durant. So that's the thing. All right, Steve Nash may have been dealt a bad hand. Kevin Durant owns the casino, right? That's the problem. Like, Kevin Durant, is, he's the house. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't want him to have a bad hand no more? Rig the game. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're the house, KD. You are the sports book. If he didn't get a bad hand, you dealt him a bad hand, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, that's what comes on with me. But, you know, I have to say this right here, right now. In the clip or in the conversation that we had about, you know, Celtics and six, Celtics and five, Celtics and six, Celtics and five, right? I was going off that. The the reason why I was I was not ready to stamp on Celtics sweep or Celtics and five, I thought that the Brooklyn Nets had the best player in this series. Maybe the best two players in this series. Well, I tell you this, I was wrong. 
Jason Tatum. Oh my good. He was clearly the best player in the series. I mean, from yeah. game one, I saw it. It was it was like from game one, it was like, oh, did he this is a different level of Jason. Jalen Brown was better than Kyrie Irving. Absolutely. Kyrie only had one great game. <laughs> I mean, I would even say Marcus Smart was was more impactful than Kyrie Irving. Hell, Al Horford. No, just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, yeah, man, it, it was bad. Um, the Nets, I'm not sure where they go from here because their roster, I mean, they have to tear it down. I mean, obviously, you're going to keep KD and Kyrie. That's the foundation. But outside of those two guys, let's talk about Ben Simmons. We haven't mentioned Ben Simmons once. Do we, is that on purpose? <laughs> uh, to me, the idea that Ben Simmons was ever, that that is the biggest indictment on this front office. It really is. Because you traded away a guy who I get that James Harden is just a guy now, quote unquote. Like, you know what I'm saying? Embiid saying, hey, can. Somebody tell him to take more shots, please. Like, it's 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 ugly. In he's Philly, a jag, just right? A guy. He's, he's just <laughs> so, so James Harden. At least currently, right now, is at just the guy status, falling from that boy knife status to just the guy. All right. So, but you know what he is though, a functional NBA player, and he's over six feet six, and he could have guarded somebody. And maybe 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 done something. You running out Blake Griffin. And LaMarcus Aldridge, or, I'm sorry, LaMarcus Aldridge is posted on the bench. Like, maybe James Harden could have done a little bit more for the Brooklyn Nets in that role than he could have done anywhere else. But the, to me, the idea that you traded him, obviously not an asset that a lot of teams were lusting after, but a valuable asset nonetheless. We're not exactly talking about Russell Westbrook here. For Ben Simmons? And did you see what Steve Nash said? He said, I never anticipated him playing. But there was reports saying that he was going to play in game four. So, Look, I, that's I don't the understand. thing that you got to give credit to Steve Nash for. That's what you got to give credit to Steve Nash for. Because Steve Nash will go up in front of the media and say whatever they tell him to say. Because if he was telling the truth, think about it. Think about how many times Steve Nash has gone up and just bold-faced lied to the media. He's like a White House press secretary. He just go up and say whatever they whatever they tell him to say. Because they Ben Simmons, he's the one that said Ben Simmons was supposed to play uh, the, uh, the game before they went back to Philly in the regular season. Yeah, he's yeah. not just making all this up, right? You know what I'm saying? He's, he's not just sitting back in his office with his feet with his feet folded, thinking, "Hmm, what new rumor can I start about the Nets today?" Like you know what I'm saying? As he goes yeah. to his press conferences. Yeah, but so what? Did, let's talk about this. You know, there's a lot of discourse about Ben Simmons because, like I said before, there was reports out there that he was planning on playing in Game Four. They lose Game Three to go down 0-3. Now the discourse is, well, what's the point? You're down 0-3. No team's ever won four games in a row, so why even play him? Mm-hmm. But the competitive side, and you got former NBA players like Shaq, Charles Barkley, and them saying, nah, we're, we can see through that, man. You still got to go out there and give an effort. You can't just mail it in now because your team's down 0-3. Because if the Nets would have won game three, I think Ben Simmons plays game four if it's 2-1. See. That's where I stand on it. I, I, to me, it's a, it's a cop-out. Ben, now your back is sore again. Come on, man. Give me a break. I'm not buying it. Relationships are about managing expectations, right? That's all. That's really truly what it is. Somebody's going to get upset with you if you deliver less than what you're expected to deliver. If I was Ben Simmons, I'm telling you right now, I'm out for the playoffs. I'm coming back next year. 
from before the playoffs ever start. I'm deading it. Right. I'm deading it. Like part of the part of the thing with the whole Kyrie vaccine situation, he never just came out and said, no, it's against my religion. No, if he had just said it's against my religion, you know what? It's a, it's a one day story. Nobody's going to sit back and push against. No, one's, no matter what anybody actually believes about that, they're going to sit there and keep it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're not they're not. No one's going to go on TV and be like, oh, well, you know, he needs to do this. Or, or you know, what you, and you know what you haven't seen either which I think would be absolutely wrong if you had, you don't see people blaming his poor play or lack of aggressiveness on the fact that it's Ramadan right now, right? Like, no one, no one is, and, and, and you shouldn't, right? And, and it shouldn't be. The, the, you can just sit there and be like, oh, no, you need to be more aggressive. You've been aggressive like this your entire career. Yeah. Whatever. This is not the first time you fasted, bro. This is not the first time you any of this. But he was clear and definitive about the idea that, no, I'm going to fast for Ramadan. No, it's not going to affect my play. It's not an excuse. Right? Yeah. It's not an excuse. It's not a reason. It's not either one. It's just something I'm doing. But if he had been straight up about why he was doing it, every different different minute he's got a different reason for the vaccine and all that, maybe James Harden's still in uh, Brooklyn. But in any event, that team is done. The iteration of the Brooklyn Nets is over with. The two preseason favorites to win the title combined to win zero playoff games. Oh, and by the way, did you know this? Jalen Brown's also on Ramadan. See, there you go. Nobody even talks about that. Jalen Brown's on Ramadan, too. And it's not like there haven't been players, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not an excuse for why he's playing bad or why he's playing good. Like, I'm not about to sit here and say Jalen Brown is, is, is playing great because he's, cause it's Ramadan. Yeah. It's just the idea that nobody is talking about it because Kyrie was definitive about it. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? He was definitive about what he was saying. And it's just, I mean, I guess you know what, too. Everybody's talking about well, Maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth because everybody you know, was talking about his post-game comments, and he was very definitive about how, how he's a co-manager of this team. <laughs> Maybe he should retire, man, just join the front office. You know what? I was thinking about that. Wouldn't shock me. Like I feel, I feel the same way. Like if Kyrie just decided, you know what I'm saying, I'm done. Like KD, he said, you know what I miss? You know what I'm going to miss? I'm going to miss getting up and going to the gym. Yeah. Kyrie was just like. I don't like he loves the game anymore. Like, I just don't get that sense, man. I really don't. But like you said, though, before we was going to pivot, Nets, no playoff wins. Lakers didn't even make the play-in. They were the two favorites before the year. Wow. Who saw this coming before the year? I'll say I was down on the Lakers. Missed the playoffs? I didn't go that far. You didn't go that far. I said said they won't have home court. You know, I said they'll be a third of five to eight. But I... Missed the playoffs. Missed the play in. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? Everybody has been talking about how the uh, the play in is bad. Or not everybody. Old people. You know, like Rob Parker. They're like, <laughs> the play in is bad. Or, the you know, the Clippers deserve to be the AC and so on and so forth. Like, how boring would this have been if, like, LeBron and KD both got swept? Because that Lakers team was terrible. And if they had somehow found their way into the A spot, like the Pelicans never trade from a column, right? You know what I'm saying? And they, they never make the moves. That How bad? That would have been terrible. Well, if the same thing played out where Devin Booker gets hurt, then it's a whole different story. But who knows if he's in that same situation against the Lakers. I know it's, you know, we don't know, but... I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. But hell, even with no Devin Booker, <laughs> that that Lakers team was really bad. But speaking of uh, of Kevin Durant and Kate and uh, Kyrie Irving's old running mate, 
James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers are in a world of hurt right now. It's getting spooky. It is. And that was the one. That was the one uh, when we I asked you if you wanted to change any of your predictions. You were like, that was the one. I know. I, I hate that I said that now. <laughs> but here but, but to my credit, I do have a futures bet. I did bet on the Raptors winning the series. Remember before the series, I say yeah. I like those odds, plus 150. I took that. So I still think the 76ers are going to get it. But, however, being 0-2 since Embiid came out with the, the idea that he hurt his thumb, it's terrifying for me. Yeah. Honestly, man, I'm not just saying this because I have a bet on it. I really think the Raptors are going to win this series, man. I really do. Because to me, there's no doubt in my mind the Raptors are going to win game six in Canada. That place is going to be electric. They, they thought for sure that game four was the last time they're going to see their team at home until the fall. There's no way they thought they were going to win this game yesterday in Philly, especially the way they won it. Without Fred Van Vliet, they were up 20-plus. They won without arguably their best player, him or Siakam, you pick. And now they're going back home. Game six, Drake's going to be courtside talking crap to Embiid. When Embiid last, the last memory of Embiid in that arena was cheering on the refs, saying you did a good job basically for extending this series. Now you're going back there with your hand messed up. They are going to win game six. In game seven, back in Philly, all the pressure is going to be on Philadelphia. That's going to be a very tense home crowd. That home crowd's not going to be electric. They're going to be sitting on their hands <laughs> <laughs> on pins and needles because Doc Rivers already has the most blown 3-1 leads in history. Could you imagine if he's the first coach to blow a 3-0 lead? Oh, my God. So that's part of the reason why – I mean, I said – I think I said I – said, I said, I think the Raptors will will challenge them, but I think Philly will ultimately win in six. And I, but the idea that Doc Rivers is in this position right now, like the human element, as Dave Damashek speaks to, the curse is supposed to. You're not supposed to lose like this in the postseason, and everybody seems to have a very high opinion of Doc Rivers personally. And as soon as he got fired in LA, he got hired in Philly like that. Yeah. But I mean, whew. How, you don't seem, I know you're saying you think Philly's going to win game six, but you don't seem that confident. Well, I just, you're, it's a little spooky over there. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm watching Toronto get by with like Kem Burch going off in the first quarter and then, and, 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 and uh, Chris Boucher hitting threes. I'm like, these are not even, like, this isn't rotation. These aren't rotational players for the but Raptors. Like, but, those guys play better at home. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Also, man. I'm just, I just, you know what it is too. Also, if the 76ers don't win this in six and somehow lose this series in general, the fact that everybody in NBA media's top two MVP votes are not in the second round of the playoffs is going to have me standing on the table, pointing and laughing at everyone, at all of you, all of you. <laughs> And you know what they're going to say? It's a regular, it's season, a regular award. season award, Martin. The playoffs doesn't matter. Since of, course, award. Uh, since, of course, we're now playing a different sport. I don't know. It went from basketball to this basketball or something. I don't know. This whole new level, this whole new foundation of a sport that's all of a sudden, you know, you just can't. Regular season, got to throw that out. I don't know why they even play it. 
Who is your MVP in the NFL? Uh, was it Aaron Rodgers? Because he doesn't perform in the playoffs. Yeah. I probably would have voted for Rodgers, but it would have been because I didn't think it was Tom Brady. Like, you know, it was like I'm sitting here, at least he's dominating in the regular season. <laughs> like, at least Aaron Rodgers was, was, was balling. But So Jokic wasn't balling in the regular season? I understand what you're saying. But the playoffs in basketball and the playoffs in football are two different things. Okay. Playoffs right. in football, you get one game. If Kevin Durant had a bad game one, if Kevin Durant had the game one that he had uh, uh, in this series and then played the way, hell, even played the way he played in game four and game two, three, and four, we're having an entirely different conversation because they would have won more. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like that in football because you only get the one game. Okay. To win the Super Bowl, you're going a three-game winning streak. That's fair. That's Think fair. about it. That's fair. But Jokic hasn't had a bad game. <laughs> Jokic just has not had a bad game in this series. Right, I mean, but I to your point about Aaron Rodgers not performing in the postseason, it's a cumulative effect. You know, Jokic said lost eight games in a row, or would have. Yeah, he got the one. He got the one. Yeah. So he's gonna go. He's gonna go eight and one, one and eight rather, in uh, postseasons in which he won the MVP. Hey, Amen. He needs help. That's all I'm gonna say. He needs help. something. <laughs> you know who? No, you know who needs help. Who don't really truly needs help? The Utah Jazz. Nah, they need more than help. Sound the <laughs> alarm. Call nine one one. I did find it amazing that the one game that they won, or not the the second game that they won in the series, they won it on a Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert alley oop. Yeah, and it was, was just like. If yeah. I was a Utah fan, I would just have to sit back and been like, man, what could have been? Frame that moment. Frame that picture. What could have been? See, this series should be over. They shouldn't have won that game. Powell, he sold at the line, missed two free throws in a row. I was like, oh, my gosh. No, the only reason that this series is even still going on is because the Mavs had to integrate Luka back into the flow. And they still should have won that game. He came back. <laughs> Powell missed two free throws at the end of the game. and Yeah, but – Spencer Dinwiddie had a good look, and, yeah, it just didn't go down. But, yeah, the Jazz, like, we already talked about this. It's over. The Mitchell-Gobert era, pick one. One is going to be gone. I think it's going to be Mitchell this summer because the thing is they can get more in return for Donovan Mitchell in the trade. Ooh, let me tell you something. I just noticed What's whatever that? team gives up all them assets for Donovan Mitchell. The Knicks. What today? April 26th? Around April 30th this year, they're going to be sitting with their butt clenched. I promise you. First round of the playoffs, like, are we going to get out of here? The Knicks going to be that team. That I mean, unless unless if he's if he's supposed to be that guy. He's not that guy. He ain't that guy. He's a number two. He's a number two at best on a championship team. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's a solid player, strong player, good player. But that guy, he's not that guy. No, he's not. He's too inconsistent. He has bad shot selection. And the thing is. He really should be a point guard, but he's a he plays like a shooting guard, right? But he doesn't have point guard skills. He's not a great passer. He doesn't make his teammates better. He's only a 6'4", but he's playing the two, and he's a terrible defender. So, I mean, there's too many boxes he doesn't check for me to get all my assets and bank on you being the franchise guy and saying, we're going to build around you. No, you're a piece that comes in – to build around another guy that is that guy. But there's going to be a team out there that's desperate. 
the New York Knicks, I'm calling it right now, that's going to give up a lot of assets for him to say, we have a star now in the garden, Donovan Mitchell. We're going to pair him with, they're going to try to keep, you know, R.J. Barrett, I'm sure. We probably got to give up like a Julius Randle and some other pieces, but that's my prediction. He's going to be a New York Knicks this summer. This is how the Utah Jazz stay in the playoffs. They're, this is how. They're going to trade Donovan Mitchell and get a haul back and just f- be a perennial play-in uh, 8C team that is just the most annoying and frustrating thing in yeah, the world. Yeah, they'll, they'll get the Evan Fournier's, the Alec Burks, the Julius Randle, a pick or two. I'm just throwing a package out there, but yeah. They're going to stay in. They're going to be like a 7 or 8 seed or maybe a play-in team. But so but yeah, they'll, they'll they'll be in there. Yesterday on extra points, I gave out Mavericks minus three is my play of the day. Dude, I did that too. That was the steal of like the playoffs. I did the same game parlay with Clarkston over fourteen points and uh, the, the, the Brunson over twenty points. So that all hit. But the biggest thing is, Luka Doncic is back. Luka is back. Luka. But I'm a little concerned. What are you concerned about? The the ball. What do you mean by that? Because the ball in the first three games of this series I know where you're going here. was moving. It was moving around, swinging. And I'm not saying that the Mavericks are not at their highest point at, when Luke is not playing. That's absurd. But what I'm saying is the style of basketball that they were playing felt unguardable for almost anybody. Whereas when they get back into the Luka pick and roll, Luka gets doubled, and it's like, all right, we're going to count on Spencer Dinwiddie, and we're going to count on Reggie Bullock, and we're going to count on Jalen Brunson to spot up instead of create. It gives me a little bit of concern because the Mavericks in the first couple games of this series were shooting like 85% from the floor, and that's only a slight exaggeration. Right, right. Well, I'll say this, and I had that concern a little bit as well. And this is a full disclosure. This is going forward. They're going to yeah. win this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I had that concern a little bit as well. But I will say this. It's looking like Jalen Brunson is still able to eat with Luka out there. Like you said, you took the over on this point to what, 20, yeah. 20 and a half, was it? That was what it was? Yeah, so that's what I, that was my thought so, process. I think so that you still feel confident enough to put your money on Brunson still eating with Luka out there. Well, because I, I figured that after last game, there was going to have to be a level of conversation of like, hey, bro. Luca, we get it. You're our guy. Don't get it wrong. However, you know, you're, you're this guy scored 30 the last couple. Let's get him some shots. Let's let him have some possessions here. Yeah, so and I'm I'm of the thinking that in today's NBA, you need at least two playmakers on the court at all times. You can't just have one primary ball handler. You need two of those guys. Look at Atlanta right now. Trey Young wishes he had another guy. They're blitzing him every pick and roll and they're daring those guys to beat them but they can't dribble. So I'm of the proponent that you need two of those guys on the court at the same time to really enhance your offense, right? Because now you can't just zero in on Luka when you have a Jalen Brunson out there who can create for himself and others as well. So I, I get what you were saying, but I do think Luka has some self-awareness as well. I think it was a, a blessing in disguise that he missed those first three games because he was there on the sideline. He saw, and I think he knew, he knows who Jalen Brunson is, right? But just actually seeing that, especially in a playoff atmosphere, your guy just getting off like that, Luca yeah. had to be thinking like, you know what? 
I can make my life a little bit easier, man. Let me trust this guy a little bit more. Let me tell you something. That's how I know Luka Doncic ain't a Michigan basketball fan because anybody who's a Michigan basketball fan know that Jalen Brunson got it. Hey, Just know that. talk to me too. He burnt KU before too, man. The final. Well, that's what happens when you're in college for eight years like Jalen <laughs> Brunson was. <laughs> I'm glad we got Jay Wright back this year, though. It sent them into retirement, but that's a whole different to- topic. But, uh, yeah, I-, I like Dallas, man. Now my, I think our play actually. I think yeah. Didn't you make a play for Dallas going to the conference finals? I did. I did Dallas so and Gold. That play is uh is back to life because we were kind of depressed for a little bit with the Luca injury. Well, it's because it's just my luck, dude. I placed it and then like ten minutes later it comes across the timeline. Oh man, Luca pop! And I was like, damn. Yeah. All right then. Here so, we go. We're back alive, baby. We're back alive. All right. Before we get to the top five playoff performers in the first round, let's take a quick break. All right, Mark, you mentioned it a minute ago, but my number five for playoff performers in the first round, this is a this is a cop-out for the fifth one. But I'm going with the Miami Heat defense because they – no, 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 listen. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. Because they have made last year's playoff darling. Last year's play – everybody was talking about Trey Young. Ice Trey. Ice Trey. He's coming out with new shoes in Madison Square Garden. He got people in New York calling him all types of people, all types of names. They're ruining my agenda. I'm on the Trey Young agenda. Well, they got Trey Young in hell. The ice is melted. They got Trey Young in absolute hell. And that's the saying it's a combination thing because you're right. Atlanta don't do him no favors. Bro, move the ball. Why else? You know, you know, they, you know how many fast break, fast break points they score a game in the regular season? I think they were like last in the league. Under right? 14. Yeah, and that's crazy. They're one of the youngest teams in the NBA. That makes no sense. One of the youngest teams in the NBA, probably throw the most lobs in the NBA, at least in the half-court set. Yeah. It's like, what what are we doing here? Why aren't we getting out and moving and pushing the ball and running with pace? Yeah, Nate McMillan days are numbered, man. Well, it's tough because he took the job last year as the interim and and, and took him on that run. Yeah, fool's gold, man. I think it's a lot of roster construction, though. I look at that team. There's that, too. They look like, you know what they remind me of? Like, they remind me sort of. All right, so, like, they have the same size players as Boston, but they don't have the same ability players as Boston. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have, like, yeah. DeAndre Hunter and uh, and Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Herter. He's a little shorter, but still, like, you know, still yeah. still a longer, like, six. And then uh, uh, what's my name? John Collins is long. Yeah. But none of these guys are, like, super skilled, talented, knockdown. Well, Herter's a knockdown shooter, but, like, he's not getting his own shot. Like, yeah. they're all kind of they're all kind of one-bit guys. They made a should have gave Cam Reddish a little more time. You know, I know they traded him to New York. I still believe in his talent. Um, didn't work out, but I think they may have may have rushed the gun there a little bit. Well, I don't know. You say that, but the guy that's one of the guys they traded him for, Kevin Knox, has outscored Trey Young in two of the playoff games so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Am I, am I doing my five now, or are you yeah. going to go through your list first? Okay. So my five, and his only reason it's five is because his team is down 3-1, and this is going to make you mad, but it's Jokic. Hey, we're talking about playoff performers, not talking about team performances. The guy's averaging 31 points on 50, 55% shooting. He's giving you 12 rebounds a game and five assists. What more can the man do? He's going against a team where I told you before, their fourth option which is Andrew Wiggins right now, would be the second option on his team. So he's doing his part. 
He deserves to be in the top five. He's five only because they're down 3-1. But the man, like I said, 31-11-5 and five on 55% shooting. I don't, I don't hate it. He would have been my fit if I didn't cop out. Okay. So. Well, I'm actually surprised you said that. I mean, I... I'm not like a Jokic hater. I just don't think hey he's guys, the MVP. Hey, guys, if you would have saw our text thread last week, you would think I, he's a Jokic, hate, a Jokic hater. Because I, I, I don't think he's the MVP. I don't think he's the most valuable player in the NBA. So, obviously, there's going to be things about that that you say about people who are – but it's like, it's like debating about somebody being a Hall of Famer. The whole point that we're even talking about whether or not this person could or could not be in the Hall of Fame, by definition, they're otherworldly great. By the idea that he's in the conversation means he's one of the most valuable. He's just not the most valuable. It can only be one. Shout out to the American people right now. If I revealed these messages, which I would not because it's very uh, confidential, it's a little more extreme than what Martin is putting out here on Wax right now. The things that he said about Jokic. But... I digress. You can, you know, you can go ahead. Put it out there. You can put it out there <laughs> for the world to see. You can put it out there for the world to see because, you know, I'm nothing if not consistent. Give your fourth, man. Giannis. It's been Giannis. And in part because oh, of that's, his – That's a little lower than I thought you were going to – Well, it's in part because, I mean, we've had some exceptional playoff performances so far. <laughs> and they are playing season. Chicago. They're playing Chicago. It's, it's, a, it's a series that is it's going to be ran through. Zach Levine is now out with uh, COVID protocols. I don't know if you saw that. It came across about oh. 10 minutes ago. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, so. Wow. Uh, good night, moon, even faster uh, in Chicago. But, uh, yeah, I like Giannis, especially the way that he's been able to integrate guys like Grayson Allen into the game. Like, I know it's a lot of a lot of it is making shots, but still, it's a level of, like, trust and being able to, like, all right, I'm going to do my thing. And this, like, if Grayson Allen goes 0 for 3, I feel like Giannis is still going to feel good about it. So, I, I like Giannis for my number four. Okay. And number four, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was an honorable mention yeah. on my list. Considering his defense and how about his scoring? He's averaging 30 in this series, bro. This is like, I think it was a Draymond said he's got 82 game guys and 16 game guys. He's one of those 16 game guys. With, without a doubt, 100%. Yeah, he's giving you 30 points on 54% shooting from the field. And how about this? On four attempts, he's shooting 44% from three. Jimmy Butler is shooting 44% from three on four attempts a game. That is remarkable. The thing, that, the thing that's going to be the key for them is, is he going to be able to keep it up? Because we've seen it before. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen him go in these first round, second round, and even into the conference finals, wild stretches. But if he could keep this scoring up like this, Miami's, to me, you know, top two team in the East, like it would be between Miami and Milwaukee. I mean, I'm sorry, in between Miami and Boston to come out of the East now currently with all the injury construction and so on. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to keep it up. But, yeah, if he does. Yeah, if he's able sure. to. Yeah. My third playoff performer, Jalen Brunson. Mm. This was a series. Okay. This was a series that okay. everybody in the everybody in the world picked the Mavericks. Okay. Then Luca hurts his calf, mm -hmm. and everybody in the world is like, "Well, wait a second. Dallas just doesn't have enough." Jalen Brunson said, "No, nah, man. I may be short. I may be a little bit wider. <laughs> you saying my hair may spin when I turn, but." I got these left-handed buckets for y'all. With 30 multiple games, hit 20 in his last. He's hit his player. I know he's hit over his points in every single game this series, right? And just taking over as 
what you would thought when I thought like when he was in college, his ceiling was like backup point guard. Yeah, taken over and shown that like nah, he could really run a team. Like he could really run a team, and if he wasn't playing next to Luca, then I think that he, I mean obviously you would have to move Luca to to. You wouldn't move Luca for Jalen Brunson, but I'm just in this scenario. You'd have to move Luca because they both need the ball right, too right, much. Right. But I feel like Jalen Brunson could be a focal point on an offense. Okay, I like that. He would have been an honorable mention for me. Uh, my three. I don't want to elaborate too much because you already said him. But Giannis, Giannis at three. I mean, he's doing everything: scoring, rebounding, defense, assisting, and without Middleton, you know. And they lost game two. People were kind of saying. Oh, without Middleton, this might be a little spooky for Milwaukee. Yeah, then the next two games in Chicago, they win by, what, 20-plus? Yeah. <laughs> so, come on. I, I was of all the of all the game to game overreactions, that was one I refused to buy into. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, have you guys watched the Chicago Bulls in 2022? Right. They're just bad. Yeah. Okay. They're like just not good. Yeah. My number two is Jordan Poole. Wow. Michigan man Jordan Poole. That's a little bias, I would say. Why you say that? Because you're leaving now. Because I already know you're gonna have number one, so you're leaving off a major name, and I think you know who. We're, it might have just been an oversight. We'll get to it. I'll tell you. He, but nah, he's but next I mean, to my list. But Jordan Poole, I mean, Steph Curry was the most important player for the Warriors. Period. Stop. And Jordan Poole had him. Not I'm gonna say had him, but through in the first couple games of the series, the reason why Steph was able to get a couple more days, uh, a couple more minutes of rest and, and it's because Jordan Poole was playing out of outside his mind and I think that if this Warriors team wins a championship they can look back at the first three games of this series and be like we didn't have to run Steph as much as we needed to because we had Jordan Poole and now when it gets to the finals we could go Steph full board you see what I'm saying because we they didn't because they didn't have to worry about a little lightweight uh in Denver yeah you're making good points there um, you're just wow. Cause I already know you have number one. I already know that, obviously. But I can't believe you left this guy off, man. Who? Number two, Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Bi. How did you forget Bi? He's giving you 30 points on 50% shooting, shooting 55% from three. He's giving you five assists, seven rebounds. They're tied two-two with the one seed. Did you forget about Brandon Ingram? No, you can so, you can admit if you forgot right now. No, I didn't forget. But what part of it is, so so part of it is top five playoff performers, but it's also part it's like playoff performance I didn't necessarily expect. I see, because you went with the Brunson and Poole right. thing, so you kind of like, these are like like these are like you know. But did we expect this from Bi though? And you know I'm on the Bi train, but this is kind of like his coming out party. I don't think people really expected uh, I, this. I'll say this: I saw flashes. I just didn't think that he was going to be able to the something about his game and to his credit still plays the exact same way. So it's it's a me thing, not a him thing. But it was something about his game and it felt like it had, it had a lack of aggressiveness to it that sometimes he would just settle in the shots and so on like but the reality of the situation is he's 6'9, 6'10, 6'11, whatever and he doesn't need to drive to the basket. But, like, I kind of wanted to see him more put the ball on the ground and get to the rim more as opposed to taking so many so many contested jump shots. Because you remember, I mean, we were, I was right here in L.A. watching him up close, right? So, like, I saw a lot of the – Remember we used to have them B.I. tape? Oh, yeah, debates? you were big on him. And I'll say this. I didn't necessarily – 
I saw when he went to New Orleans, I was like, oh, okay, I see what y'all are talking about. I see where he can be like a 20-point-a-game scorer. I see where he can do – and then when they traded for CJ, I really did expect that team to take a turn for the up – like take a turn. I, I mean, I told you three, four months ago, whatever. Yeah, I was like, this is yeah, a team auditioning yeah. for Zion. They're trying to show them. Like, look, they're trying to show them they got a thing going. And, hey, they got a thing going. But, you know, but that was uh, – but I, so I, I didn't forget about Brandon Ingram all the way. But I do think, though, all right, if they don't make that safe trade for C.J. McCollum, are we still here? And I don't think that's the case. Yeah, but I'm not going to hold that against them, you know. I'm not holding it against him either. Yeah, it's I'm just gonna... I, I, you asked me why well, he wasn't well, there. It so it sounds like you are because he should definitely be in your top five. But the, the considering you went that angle with the Brunson and the Pools, I'm not going to hold it against you that much because you kind of went with the, the people who are, super I mean, unexpected guys, Yeah, you know. Like Bi was the top three, top two pick. Yeah, yeah. like like it's so. to me that's like John Morant winning Most Improved Player. Yeah, that was a like that's joke. Just, just he was Rookie of the Year last year. So yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah. But in any event, yeah, our number, no. our number one is going to be the same, I'm sure here. Because of all the unexpected jumps, I did not like. You're right, Ingram made a jump, but Tatum made a jump offensively, and locked up Kevin Durant, like. I'm glad you said because I was going to push back. I was going to say, if you use the same arg- argument against B.I., I can say about Tatum because Tatum was a top three pick in the draft too, and you got him at number one. So, nah, But Tatum doing it both ways. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Okay, Tatum doing that. it both ways. Yeah, Tatum got people on the internet right now talking about, I don't want to hear that KD's the greatest scorer ever. I don't want to hear that KD's the Why? Because Jason Tatum had that boy in hell with a couple of minutes from Daniel Tice. <laughs> so, yeah, I got Tatum at one too. Um yeah, for the the things that you mentioned, he was clearly the best player in that series that featured a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and they swept them. Like, I picked the Celtics in seven. They didn't just beat them. They swept them. So when I consider all of that, the two-way thing, the sweep, he has to be number one right now. There's no doubt about it. And now conversations have to be had. I mean, you got Paul Pierce out here saying that the NBA hierarchy may be changed. Yo, hey, I'm almost here. Are we I'm, there yet? I'm almost here. In my Trevor uh, Trout voice, we here? Yo, I texted Trevor Trout yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Trevor Trout. Trevor Trout from St. Louis, St. Louis. I texted him. I took a screenshot of the TV. I texted him. I was like, I'm here. I'm here now. No, uh, no. hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you saying you're here that you're putting Tatum over KD? No, no, I wasn't oh, saying that. Oh, you're not here on that yet. Oh, I'm not. Okay. I don't know if I'm there, oh, okay. but I'm like I'm saying I'm here in that this. Look, look, I said him. I said he's him. Like Jason Tatum is him. <laughs> yeah, he's him. He just had a hell of a series. Yeah, I'm sold. He's him. Yeah. Y'all got it. He's him. I ain't talking no no smoke. No, never again. My fault. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. I took a couple Tatum props where he had was over 25. He had 20 in the first half and then four yeah. in the second half. Now I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. Yeah. I, I see you, and I'm, I got it. I got it, JT. You the man. Yeah, I'm here too, man. I'm here too. He, he's definitely, talking about the hierarchy, he's definitely top 10 in the NBA. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was borderline top 10 before this series, so this is not like a major overreaction. But it was a strong borderline. Yeah, it was a strong borderline, but he's, like, submitted in the top ten now. Top five, eh, I'm not willing to go there yet. Bro, I just say this, man. But he, he's, he's, he's arriving. He's arrived. He's like, I've watched 
all of LeBron's career, I remember watching him in high school, watching him on, in a, uh, on that St. Vincent St. Mary's game. I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this guy's special. I remember watching all of KD when he was at Texas. I have never in my day seen anybody do that to Kevin Durant. Ever. It's never happened. Ever. And that's what uh, he went up to, uh, against LeBron in the height of his powers. I'm just, yeah. Well, Mark. It's, yeah. Tatum. Shout out St. Louis. It's a time that I've been waiting for this entire time. Because for Dunked On, I'm going to explain to you what the cap of consequences is. Because in Dunked On, somebody's always getting dunked on either literally or figuratively. And today, my friend, you're getting figuratively dunked on. I thought we wait. I thought we wait until Thursday to do this, man. Well, I'm gonna explain it to you. Now. Oh, okay, okay. Because you got <laughs> in the bed me, with this bet now. without even understanding. Oh, let's just talk about that for a second. What were you thinking? How did how did you what's the why did how did you not ask what's the cap of consequences at the time? Well, because honestly, at the time, I was just so confident that I was gonna win. I mean, I didn't even think about the consequences because I was like, there's no way I'm gonna have to deal with it. Cause you gave me, you tried to, you don't, you tried to do two and a half. I did. So when I got the one and a half, I'm oh, this is a steal. And then yeah. the one series, only one series swept, which I don't think nobody saw that one being the sweep. Um, the Warriors sold on. You're me. right. I did think KD and Kyrie would get a game. The Warriors sold on me. I thought that was going to be a sweep. You were scared about that. I mean, I was worried that the uh, the back to back MVP would go zero for eight in the playoffs. The Bucks let the Bulls get one somehow. I mean, just a lot of unlucky stuff happened to me, man. For this not for me not to win this bet, but you won it, man. So I'm here to take all the hits and the punches, man. Man, I tell you, when Joel Embiid hit the game winner in Game Three, I was oh yeah, that's another furious. one that should have been a sweep. I was but furious. It was absolutely – I was, like, pissed off. I was really mad. I was like, what's wrong? I was like, they were supposed to lose that game, and this is the game that they needed to lose. Because now I was like – because, you know, of course, I'm trying to figure out where it's going to happen, what sweep is going to happen. I figured Golden State was out of here. So I figured – I really, truly, honestly, on that Wednesday, as I texted you, I was I, my concerns were Boston and Golden State. I thought those were the two teams that had a real shot to sweep. So you wasn't concerned about Philly sweeping really at all? Nah, man, because you know what? A lot of the playoffs have to do with – I was, I said this yesterday on extra points when I picked Philly to come uh Toronto to cover. A lot of the playoffs got to do with coaching and strategy. Yeah. And Nick Nurse is doing laps around Doc because Doc wouldn't have got – if, 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 if Doc Rivers didn't run out to the court call timeout with 2.9 seconds left. Yeah. Or better yet, if Joel Embiid gets the ball slapped out of his hands 2.9 seconds later – than he did. Yeah, they should have lost that game. They would have lost that game. They would have lost that game. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna cap. They should have lost. That game. So I was like, so I was, I was seeing that, and I'm like, these, these, these brothers are lucky as hell. Yeah. But anyway, so this some of Give the cap, some of the capital consequences. See, we haven't. We're, we're still formulating what the different consequences will be, which, as you can imagine, you draw from a hat. Some of the previous ones. You had uh, Brett Cormanos of Covered in Glory, the soccer podcast here at Extra Points. He had Brady Chastain, meaning he had to do the show in a sports bra. Oh, my God. Okay. 
So, uh, let's see, another one. What did I get myself into? I can't remember the name of this one, but I lost it. And I had to do a show with a bunch of used masks on my head. Wow. Right. It was right before I was going on vacation. If I got COVID, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> but, so I had to do that. Let me think of, uh, there's been some other ones. There's been some other ones. Let me think. Uh, Megan, Megan Connolly of Megan Fund of Sports lost a cap of consequences bet. And she had to tweet. Uh, it was on the, I don't know if it was on a football Sunday or not, but it was something to the effect of, you know, looking at Josh McDaniels, Sometimes you can't tell where he was on January 6th. You oh, get to leave it up there for wow. a while. Oh, the capital. And cap <laughs> so then, you know, she had to leave it up there for a while and, and just and just catch some of the catch some of the smoke until until uh until she was able to delete it and issue an apology. Hey, I lost the bet. Uh-huh. You know, this is yeah. nothing. Yeah. So, uh yeah. That's what you'll be in store for on Thursday as you pull from the uh, cap of consequences. Or maybe Sal, because we'll be on Zoom, maybe Sal will pull for you. Oh but uh gosh. Do you have anything that you just absolutely love? Just anything? Well, yeah, because I figure that'll be what you actually don't. Because I, f- I figured if I asked you what do you hate, uh-huh. you'll come up with stuff that you actually do like. So if I ask you what do you love, then you'll come up with stuff that you don't. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm overthinking it a little bit. <laughs> But I'm trying to come up with – I have a few things in there. I'll tell you this. You want me to come up with them. So I came up with I came up with three. You ain't going to do me dirty, are you? I'll just say this. Sal and Dave. You're my boy, man. Sal and Dave's uh, – uh, Sal and Dave's recommendation was the Dave Damashek haircut. I personally cannot say – I'm not – so you want me to thin out the pile. Oh my god. So I only got three right now. Oh my god. I only got three right now. So that's four. She so got a seventy five percent chance of getting a haircut. So I'm just saying, you gotta, you know what I'm saying, if you could come up with some things, maybe I could fill in some of this stuff. Me and Sal are gonna have a little power about it later on today to try to bring something a little bit more. But right now, you got a twenty five percent chance that Dave Damashek's cutting your hair and have you seen that haircut? Oh man. That would be terrible. That would be tragic. Um, you know, some things that I love, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this was gonna be this intense, bro. <laughs> oh my god, bro. And I would, and I, and honestly, to be fair, it is very intense. But you are over two since starting the podcast. No, because with the Lakers and and this. Oh yeah, yeah. I was so, about to ask you what was the first one. The Lakers missing the playoffs and then this. So that was over two. So I was like, all right, we can do the capital consequences for this because this is a second bet. Yeah, but I want you doing the hat, man. You want me to pull from the hat? No, I want you to make up the, the thing. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make up some of them, but it's a group effort. Everybody's <laughs> oh, okay, going to come up okay. with something. Like, meatballs so, will come up with so some. How many does each person come up with? Like, how many things are going to be in the hat? So, uh, it's all, you know, there's no set number. Oh, it's okay. as much good as we can find. Oh, okay, okay. You know, okay. I mean, I feel like it was probably maybe 20 or so. Maybe we'll recycle a few from, from my hat. Okay, you and know. it's just the first one that picks, That's the that's it. Well, yeah, it's first one. You can draw oh, okay. it and pull it and oh, you know, okay. see what happens. Okay, it's 20. That's, that's a lot of options, you know. I feel pretty good. I don't, I don't want that haircut. I but right now we have four. So we got to get yeah, the. I need some so more. We're gonna, yeah, well, that's, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's too small of a pot for me. <laughs> if the haircut's in there, that's, that's 25%. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So 
feel free. You don't have to do it now, but yeah, just let, let, me, let me brainstorm. Yeah, brainstorm on it and come up with some things because uh, it's coming. It's coming on Thursday. I'm scared, man. I don't think that's a bad emotion to have right now. <laughs> How did you deal with it when you had to go through this first? Oh, I was miserable. I was furious. I lost the bracket. I came in. I was at the bracket challenge. See, yours wasn't that bad. No, I came in the second in the bracket. Oh, okay. I came in second. No, I came in second to last in the bracket. What did I lose? I lost the fantasy football championship. That's uh, what I lost. Okay. There were playoffs in the fantasy in fantasy football, and TJ didn't help me one bit because he's a real football player, not a fantasy football player. Yeah. And I'm not even a fantasy football player, but I was forced to do this because I'm a professional, and my job forced me. And 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 you know what? So I did. So I was a professional all the way. I was a professional when I submitted my entry into the contest and a professional when I was forced to uh, to carry the losses. Well, yeah, yours wasn't that bad. You know, wearing used mask on your head, that's it's not that bad. Oh, okay, well, not, now we know where to draw the line. Good. It's not that bad. Now we know where the line is. We're getting that haircut. Uh, I bet that I bet that there's a lot of people in this office that would disagree. They said the used mask would be worth it getting a haircut. Uh, I'm definitely going to take the used mask. Your hair grows back. Yeah, but you know how I am. <laughs> I ain't gonna be able to post the the light skin selfies on my IG story and looking cool for a couple of weeks. I ain't gonna be able to go out with the uh the leopard print shirt, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, so we'll see, we'll see. But at least uh at least in your favor, uh Twitter spaces are an audio medium, not video. That is true where you spend a lot of good time. <laughs> that is true. I'll just stay on space. Mark, what's your lemon pepper parlay for today? Yeah, man. So I'm double dipping in the same game. Suns Pels. I love this series now, man. It's so much fun. This is a fun series, dude. Like high-level basketball, both great home court advantages. Shout out to New Orleans, man. Your your uh your city, man. They're they're showing out for the Pels, man. I think New Orleans has turned into a basketball city, low key, See, man. This and this is my argument with almost every small city, but I know it's true for New Orleans. I can't speak to Orlando or 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 Oklahoma City or whatever, but all that people want in New Orleans is a team that's trying. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I'm starting to get a feeling that New Orleans gets a bad rap for not supporting their basketball team. Because you know why? That team that team has been so poorly mismanaged and just, like, thrown under the rug by the like by the NBA. If you go back and look at some of the history of the Charlotte Hornets to the why, to, to, to even why they moved to New Orleans in the first place, and then, and then the, the TV rights deals. Like, when I was a kid, I lived out of the city. I couldn't even watch the team. Because wow. they were on, they were only on. And it would have been like if you lived in in, in Jefferson City, Missouri, uh -huh. and you can't watch the Chiefs. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's out. That's illogical. But all New Orleans needs is a team that's trying. You see, you see how they are. They're they're chanting for the Jose's and all of that. Like oh my God. that's it. They just want a winner. Herbert Jones. Like. And and that's the essay. Just want a winner. You didn't got to win. You didn't got to win one championship in that in that city in the last. Ever? Yeah. You just, and everybody talk, we're the hardest place to play. New Orleans Saints. You think they don't care about basketball? No, they want winners. Yeah, man. So, speaking of winners, I think this is going to be a winner. Pelicans plus six and a half right now. That's why I see. And I'll even sprinkle some money on the money line. That's a separate thing. But 
my parlay is Pelicans plus six and a half, and I'm pairing that with Chris Paul's over on points at 20 and a half. Last game, he only had, what, four points? The game before that, he went off. Like Charles Barkley said, when you get that old, it's hard to have back-to-back great games. So he's going to have a great game every other game, and this is the every other game. So Chris Paul over 20 and a half, Pelicans plus six and a half. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat minus seven and Bam Adebayo to score fifteen plus. So that right now, Bam Adebayo to score fifteen plus. It's uh, minus two hundred five. But I've been finding some good alt line value here, especially on FanDuel. And I know you all see those big. Super big same game parlays. A lot of times people are smacking alt lines. So I'm trying to get into the alt line a little bit here. I'm going Miami minus seven, Bam Adebayo, 15 or more points. That's my lemon pepper parlay. Let's eat. There we go. All right. <laughs> Mark Gunnels, any famous last words before the last before the first round is over? I just want to say this. Put some more respect on B.I.'s name, man. The fact that he's low in your top five, I'm still kind of bothered a little bit, man. B.I. We're going to have that conversation again, B.I. and Tatum. We're here. We here! Oh, wow. You want to have the B.I. Tatum we conversation here. now? We yeah, that's definitely it. for next week. We here. <laughs>